1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: Interesting that Jacob believed his sons when they lied to him about Joseph, but when they tell him the truth about Joseph, he doesn't believe it. We do that, don't we? We'll believe a lie and we'll doubt the truth. You know, Satan will whisper a lie in your your ear, in your mind, and put all these doubts in your head, and you'll believe the lie. But then you doubt the promises of God and His Word. We are bombarded with all kinds
1: of messages every day. But how can we believe them? What is a lie and what is truth? From TV and radio commercials to newscasts and podcasts, it can be tough to discern what is truth. Pastor Dan shares in the case of God and His Word, he can be trusted. What he says about you is the absolute truth. Satan can lie to you and feed you all kinds of doubts about God. But you can believe God Because of his word and the gifts and blessings which confirm that word. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis, chapter 45, for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: says we can draw near to God with full assurance, knowing that our guilty hearts have been made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that great to know that he invites us to come to him, to come close to him, to draw near to him, that he wants us to be certain. He wants us to be reassured that all of our sins are completely forgiven. Verse five says, but now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Now, we should be grieved over our sin. We should be um, grieved and angry in a sense because of our, our sin. That's a good thing. Second 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10 says, Godly sorrow produces repentance. There's just godly sorrow. You know, grieve, disappointment. It it results in repentance. Again, that's a good thing. Now look at verse 5 again. He says, But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Look what it says. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting, so they're not even trying to grow stuff. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity, a remnant for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now, look what it says, it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. God, Joseph could see The sovereignty of God over his life. Again, look at verse five. God sent me before you to preserve life. Verse seven, God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth. Verse eight, it was not you who sent me here, but God. It it wasn't you. This was God's doing. This was God's plan to put me in this position To save lives. In Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, Joseph will say to his brothers, You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Joseph's brothers believed by selling Joseph into Egypt, they would defeat his dreams. Remember the dream of them bowing down? And they thought, we sell him into slavery, that'll be the end of his dream. But that's that's what God used to accomplish His dream. And Joseph could see God's sovereign purpose in all that happened to him. You know, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know, listen, we know, something we know, that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. It says all things work together for good. It doesn't say except for the really terrible things that happen to you. No, all things work together for good in the life of the believer. And whatever you may be going through or whatever you may go through in the future, I want to encourage you to to look for God's purpose in it. Because the promise of Scripture is he works all things together for good in the life of the believer. And so we should look for the good, look for the purpose. We We should pray, Lord, what's the good you're doing in me through this? What's what's your purpose in this for me? What are you you doing? I know know that you're working it all together for good. So Lord, show me the, the good here. Now, it is worth noting a couple things that you should jot down. First of all, God was working this plan in Joseph's life for over 20 years. God was orchestrating things in Joseph's life for over 20 years to put him in a position to save his family. Now, for most of us, we don't think past next week. But God is looking decades into the future in your life and my life. The the things that God is doing now in our lives might be preparing us for something two decades away, 20 years from now. And it may be years before we understand why or we start to see all of the pieces come together and we can say, "Okay, now I see the good now I see what you were doing. Second thing we should note, God used contention with Joseph's family and affliction to put Joseph in this position to save his family. God will often use conflict. God will often use affliction in our lives to accomplish his will. James chapter 1 says, We should count it all joy when we face various trials. Not, not because we enjoy going through trials, but because God will use trials to get us to the place He wants us, just as He does in Joseph's life. And Joseph could say to his brothers, It, it wasn't you who sent me to Egypt. God sent me before you. I, I can see God's hand in this. And you know, in Psalm 34, verse 19, it says, Many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. We go through conflict. We go through affliction. We go through trials and difficulty. But God will deliver us out of those things. And God will use those things to bring us where he wants us to be, to put us in the position that he wants us in so that he can accomplish his will. And Joseph sees it's much bigger than him, right? It's much bigger than him. God's doing a much greater thing in his life. So it goes on in verse 8. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God, and he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. Come down to me and do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen. You should underline Goshen there. And you shall be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds and all that you have there. I will provide for you. Lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, for there are still five years of famine. Just like Joseph, our Lord Jesus Christ has been exalted to the place of Highest honor and power in heaven. Joseph was exalted in Egypt. Jesus has been exalted in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the father. And just like Joseph, Jesus desires that those that belong to him, that are part of his family by faith, should be with him where he is. John 17, 24, Jesus said, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Jesus desires that we may be with him where he is. Just as Joseph says, go get your families, bring them back, live with me. I'll provide for you. Jesus desires that we may be with him where he is. John 14, Jesus said, and if I go and prepare a place for you in heaven, I will come again and receive you to myself. Why? That where I am there you may be also. His desire is for us to dwell with him. If you haven't put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, his desire is to forgive you of your sins and to have you dwell with him forever. That's his heart towards you. And notice Joseph wants his family to dwell in the land of Goshen which is on the eastern side of the Nile River Delta. It's closest to the land of Canaan. But here's the thing about Goshen. Goshen was the best land in all of Egypt. The best land. The most productive land. Joseph wants to give his family the best. That's grace. That's grace. You know, There's a difference between justice, mercy, and grace. Justice is when you get what you deserve. For example, after church today, if you get out here on Route 100 and you speed on Route 100, don't act like you don't speed, and you get pulled over, and the police officer gives you a speeding ticket, that's justice. You're speeding, you got a ticket. You got what you deserved. But if the police officer lets you off with just a warning, you're guilty, but he just gives you a warning because it's Sunday. That's mercy. That's mercy. Mercy is not giving someone what they deserve. Mercy is withholding what is deserved. But if you get pulled over by the police for speeding, and instead of giving you a ticket, and instead of giving you a warning, the police officer gives you a $50 gift card to five guys and says, go have lunch on me. That's grace. You don't deserve that. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And Joseph here, he wants to give his family, the same brothers that betrayed him and sold him into slavery, he wants to give them the best land in Egypt. And he wants to provide for his family. Do you see that in the passage? I'll provide for you. That's grace. They don't deserve the best land, nor do they deserve provision from Joseph, not after what they did to him. And he shows grace to them. He shows grace to them. He wants to give them the best. Which again, this shows that Joseph has truly forgiven his brothers. And just like Joseph, Jesus is gracious with us, isn't he? He shows us grace. He gives us the best. And he provides for us out of his great riches. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. God is able to make all his grace abound toward us so that we have all that we need for everything.
1: We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in a moment, but first, Pastor Dan would
2: like to tell you about the Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com.
1: What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth.
2: Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, And my God shall supply All your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ today, God supplies all your needs according to his riches. Just as Joseph wants to provide for all the needs of his family out of his own riches, Jesus forgives us of our sins and he blesses us and he provides for us by his grace. So, verse 12, and behold, Your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. It's really me. So you shall tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and of all that you have seen, and you shall hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And note this, after that, his brothers talked with him. Joseph here, he's, he's reconciled. This is a picture of reconciliation. He's reconciled with his brothers. And then it says, and then after he's reconciled with them, they talk together. After we're reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, we enjoy communion and fellowship together with him. We have a relationship now where we can talk to him. And he talks to us. Verse 16 Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying Joseph's brothers have come. And so it pleased Pharaoh and his servants. Well, remember, Pharaoh was indebted to Joseph for saving the nation from this famine. And so Pharaoh is pleased to hear that Joseph's family has come. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, say to your brothers, do this, load your animals and depart. Go to the land of Canaan, bring your father and your households and come to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you will eat the fat of the land. Now you are commanded, do this, take carts out of the land of Egypt. You can, you can borrow my, my moving trucks for your little ones and your wives. Bring your father and come. And I love here that Pharaoh doesn't really give Joseph's brothers a choice. He commands them to go get their families in Canaan, bring them back to Egypt to live. He loans them some cars and some trucks to take so they can load up their stuff and bring it down to Egypt. And then I love verse 20. Look what he says. Also, do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. To me, that's the best way to move. Right, just leave all your stuff behind, you know, donate it to the thrift store, have a yard sale, just get rid of it, don't bother getting a moving truck, and just just you'll get new stuff when you get there kind of thing. I, I like that. I don't know if I could convince my wife of that, but I like the idea of it. Let's just leave it. And you know, this reminds us that heaven is our home, and not this world. And we should not set our hearts on the things of this world, but on the things above, where Christ is. Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our treasure should be in heaven, not this world. And if our treasure is in heaven, our hearts will be set upon heaven. If your treasure is in this world, your heart's going to be set on the things of this world. And so we're to set our hearts on things above and our treasures in heaven, not this world. And so verse 21, and we're almost finished, I promise. So then the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them carts according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. Verse 22, he gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garments, you know in, in that time, a, a change of clothes was not that common and just have a, another outfit you could wear another a second shirt it 's a big deal and he gives them a change of clothes. he gives Benjamin five changes of garments, and he sent to his father these things, ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and food for his father for the journey. So he sent his brothers away and they departed and he said to them, look what he says, see that you do not become troubled along the way. It's an interesting thing to say to his brothers. Don't become troubled in your journey home. Literally, don't quarrel along the way. Now, why does Joseph say this? Of all things, Joseph's brothers have to go tell their father the truth. They've got to explain to their father now what they did to Joseph 20 years before and this lie that they have continued for more than 20 years. And and Joseph knew his brothers might start quarreling along the way. And blaming each other as they did earlier back in chapter 42. If you remember, they didn't know that Joseph could understand what they were saying. And they were, Reuben was saying, I told you guys not to just to leave him alone. And why would you have to do this? You put us in there and they were fighting over what they did to Joseph. And so Joseph tells his brothers, hey, hey, don't argue over who's at fault. Don't start blaming each other while you're on your journey home. What does Jesus say to us as his disciples? Love one another. As much as depends on you, you live peaceably with all men. Be at peace with all while you're on your journey home to heaven. So verse 25, then they went up out of Egypt and they came to the land of Canaan and to Jacob, their father. And they told him saying, Joseph is still alive. Not only that, He's governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still because he did not believe them. What a description. Jacob's heart stood still. That that means Jacob didn't know how to respond to this news. He, He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to feel or what to think about what they told him about Joseph. Notice at the end of verse 26, Jacob didn't believe them. Interesting that Jacob believed his sons when they lied to him about Joseph. But when they tell him the truth about Joseph, he doesn't believe it. We do that, don't we? We'll believe a lie and we'll doubt the truth. You know, Satan will whisper a lie in your your ear, in your mind, and put all these doubts in your head, and you'll believe the lie. But then you doubt the promises of God and his word. Well, does he really love me? Does he really forgive me of all my sins? Is there, is there really nothing I can do that can separate me from the love of God? Is it really true that if God is for me, who can be against me? Right? We, we doubt what God says in his word, but we believe these lies that we hear in the culture that we hear from the devil and his demons. And so Jacob doesn't, doesn't believe his sons, but look what it says. But when they told him all the words what Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. So what did the sons do? They began to tell Jacob all the words of Joseph. And Jacob saw all the, all the gifts and between hearing the words of Joseph and seeing the gifts, Jacob's revived. He, he, he believes. What does the Bible say? Faith comes by hearing the word of God and the gifts and blessing that God bestows upon us confirm the word and, and uh, provide confirmation for the word. And that's what happens here with Jacob. He, he hears the word that Joseph said. He sees the gifts and he's convinced. Then Israel said, now he's called Israel, governed by God now. It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive, and I will go see him before I die. And Jacob will be reunited with his son Joseph in chapter 46. And if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation, listen, one day you're going to arise and you're going to go to him. That where he is, there you may be also, and you will be with him forever. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the promise of salvation, the hope of eternal life that we have through Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you seek to forgive us of our sins. We thank you, Lord, that you um, deal with us according to grace and not justice. We thank you for the way that you forgive. We thank you for the way that you... You bless and bestow blessing upon our lives. We just thank you for your grace upon grace in our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you invite us to come close to you, to draw near to you, especially when we fail. We thank you for the way that you minister to us and provide for us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I Than the finest
1: crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how he interacts and intercedes with those he's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together, after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth.
2: I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack.